good. It doesn't matter where you are, what's going on in your life. The Lord is good. L listen to Pastor. He is intrinsically good. That means he's good all the time. Amen. Praise God. This morning we'll be in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Amen. And uh, there, there are some powerful things in this text. Philippians chapter 3, one of the Pauline epistles, epistles of the Apostle Paul. The, histor the history of this is in Acts 16 when Paul and Silas were traveling. Now I want you to hear this. They were traveling on a missionary journey. And the Bible says that as they were going, the Spirit of God came to Paul and put a vision in front of Paul of a man from Macedonia in a vision crying out, come and help us. And the Bible says that the Spirit forbade them to keep going where they were going. And he detoured them into Philippi. What a message. He detoured them into Philippi. And you know the story. They delivered a girl from divination and were thrown in jail. And the Bible says that uh, they were in shackles in jail. And at midnight, the Spirit of God shook the jail and opened the jail and let them go free. Isn't God something? Now, now, before I get into the text, sometimes God will lead us into trouble in order to pull us out triumphantly. Did y'all get that? Some, sometimes, just sometimes, sometimes you going on your own way and the Lord detours you into trouble. Amen. Into trouble. Amen. To lead you into triumph. Here in Philippians chapter 3, I, 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 I'm um, just astounded at the power that God had in the life of Paul. Paul is one of the most sold out, diligent, purposeful people in Christ. My sermon this morning is finding the unknown factor. Finding the unknown factor. Finding the X factor. Finding the unknown factor. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, this morning, I'm going to find out what's wrong with me. Mathematics are founded on laws, formulas, and principles that are designed to help us find the unknown or the X factor. Al algebraic equations, and when you move from algebra to <clears throat> trigonometry, Seeking, co-seeking, tangent. You, you, you start to learn these formulas and principles for arriving at the right answer. And that goes right into calculus. And if you go further in math, theorems of equations. The interesting thing is that <clears throat> if you don't follow these rules, you can never uh, arrive at the right answer. When you're dividing fractions, whatever, you got to find a common denominator. You have to uh, find a whole number that both sides can equally divide into. And uh, math has a whole bunch of rules and principles that if they are not followed, you cannot, amen, find the unknown. And in a spiritual sense, 
when we don't believe nor apply the wisdom of God's word, we cannot be free from the fractures, the faithlessness, and the failures of our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8, he says, whom the Son have made free is free indeed. Now just, ju just the thought of that means that before Jesus came, we were all in bondage. Can I get a witness? And we need to be made free. I, I'm so sick and tired of Christians just believing that they, they, they're free. And yet we are still addicted. We are still, we still got habits and we still got things in our lives that hold us hostage. Isn't that right? Are y'all going to pray with me or what? Isn't, isn't that right? We, we have, yeah, in thought, word, deed, motive, and attitude that the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that God wants to liberate us from the wounds and, amen, the weights of life. And, 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 and in order to do so, we have to follow, just like math, the principles, the rules, the, the formulas that are in the Word of God. And here in uh, Philippians chapter 3, Paul is concentrating on the spiritual mind. Now let me stop, pause apart. Your mind or my mind is automatically spiritual. Our mind is mundane. Our minds are connected back to the old Adamic sinful nature. All of our emotions, our feelings, our history, our hurts, our hysteria, everything is interconnected back to the old nature. Amen. You, you, you did not, there's no eradication of the flesh nature. When you get saved, the flesh nature didn't go out the window. You and I still have the same old Adamic nature we had before we got saved. Amen light. Amen. We got all the memories, all the mess. Can I get a witness? All, 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 all the makings still within us. And, and, and if we're not careful in the church, this stuff will keep coming out. It keeps coming out. It keeps coming out. One, 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 of, the, uh, yeah, one of the Achilles heel of the Christian is that what's going to bring us down is what we failed to crucify. What, what, what's going to defeat us is what we failed to place at Jesus' feet. Can I get a witness? Y'all getting quiet up in here. That is, child of God, that Paul begins this enormous chapter, and I love this book. In the first chapter, he was dealing with the single mind. A double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. What, what is the single mind? Paul said, for me to live is one thing. Christ. And to die is even better. It's gain. Isn't that right? And, and I can tell you right now, if you don't have a single mind, you're double-minded. Or you might be triple-minded. Can I get a witness? That, that is, if you're single-minded, God has already, listen, he has already moved your life to focus on him. In him are all the treasures of uh, life and liberty. Amen? And then in the second chapter, he deals with the submissive mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that we are submissive and in, in a surrendering mode to the will of God. And that's where we need to grow to. We are in a surrendering mode to the will of God. And then he gets to the fourth chapter, talks about a secure mind. Amen. And, and uh, when you deal with a secure mind, he tells you that through prayer and praise and, 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 and uh, your requests with thanksgiving, let everything be known to God and the peace of God. That's, that's your security, his peace. That passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ. But here in the third chapter, he's dealing with the spiritual mind. How, how do we obtain this spiritual mind of Christ? Well, you don't get it by going to Sunday school or or, or joining some club or auxiliary. You don't get it by coming to church every other Sunday. Amen. This, this, this takes some, some doing. It takes some work. Amen. It takes time. We grow progressively by grace. Isn't that right? And, 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 and so what Paul's going to lay out, I want you to see this. 
Paul has already, in chapter 3, dealt with a man, his sense of unredeemed humanness, unredeemed humanness as he highlights his abilities and achievements apart from God. Now, anything that we have obtained apart from God is valuable only for a while, and then it becomes garbage. Oh, Lord, have mercy. There you go. And, 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 and so Paul, Paul, Paul deals with this matter because the Jews in, in, in his day concentrated on circumcision, amen, and they concentrated on uh, being descendants of Abraham, amen. That was a bragging point for them. So Paul comes along and begins to brag about his attainments in verses 1 to 7. Paul shows the promotions of this spiritual mind and the transitions and transformations that are needed to move to the spiritual mindset. And, 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 and so, so in verse 4, he says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, in other words, let me brag my uh, accomplishments outside of Jesus. Okay? And, and he said, I was circumcised, uh, verse 5, the eighth day, which all true Jewish male children were to be circumcised on the eighth day. So I'm Jewish. And, and Paul, Paul said, I'm circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. I belong to Israel. Uh, my heritage and lineage is from the tribe of Benjamin. Left-handed warriors. They were something. They were bad boys. They were green berets. In fact, if you read the Old Testament, when Israel had a civil war, Benjamin, one tribe out of 12, almost defeated the other 11 by themselves. God had to step in. That's how bad them boys was. He said, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's touching the law. I was a Pharisee. Meaning Pharisees were lawyers who studied theologically the law to the nth degree. Paul said under Gamaliel, who was one of the top profs in Jerusalem. Paul said, now you want to talk about degrees and accomplishments and doctorate degrees, I got it. I got it all. And, 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 and he said, concerning zeal, let me tell you about my zeal. I persecuted the church. I locked up Christians and I even killed Christians. You know what's amazing about God? Let me stop Paul's apart. I'm going to bring this out this morning. God will reveal to you reprehensible things you and I did in the unsaved to become, listen, to become a guilt block to drive us to do the will of God. Y'all ain't getting this. Paul, Paul, Paul said, I'm the least, I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest sinner ever because I locked up Christians, I killed Christians. And Jesus met me on a Damascus road and knocked me down and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me. And Saul said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. And, 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 and the Bible says that God saved him out of his ignorance. He gets to verse 7 and says, but what things were gained to me? Now, this is an accounting term. You know, gain and profits losses and, 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 and whatnot, Paul is using this accounting term to talk about, it's, it's almost, a, it's, it's a metaphor to give us insights to this spiritual life. The things in the world that were gained to me, they were, they were highlighted, they were on my resume, they were bragging points. Paul said, I learned something. Anything apart from Christ turns into garbage. God can't use it. Wrong motivation. He said, I counted it loss. I had to exchange what was great and dear to me as an unsaved man in order 
for me to know Christ. I, I, I don't have time to establish this. Hmm. When Moses went to the summit of Sinai and saw the bush burning but not consumed, God said, Moses, 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 Moses said, who, uh, who yeah. he said, I am that I am. He said, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. Moses, you may have been something in Egypt, but you're nothing up here. Great transitional segue into my first point. He says, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them menor that I may what? win Christ so here, here, here's what Paul begins to do first of all there is a need in us if we're going to be spiritual, for a self-denunciation. You and I have to denounce ourselves. All right. God's not going to do it for you. You've got to pull yourself down. If any man will come after me, let him humble himself. Let him deny himself. You've you, you got to pull down all that pride and all those false images you have erected over the years and your great religiosity and uh, yeah, 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 your membership for 40 years and, and you're lying because you weren't here before I got here, many of you, and, 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 and all the great things you do. And then God said, pull it down. Why? Self has to come down so my sufficiency can come up. You'll get this on the way home. God is not going to let his sufficiency be partners with yourself. We have to deny ourselves. We have to deny our selfish pride and denounce. And what Paul is saying in this text, at real quick, verse 7, he, he's, he's talking about the gains and the losses. Verse 8, he's talking about the knowledge of Christ. The knowledge of Jesus Christ, verse 9, he's talking about being found in him, which is imputed righteousness. That really, I have no righteousness of my own. All I have is his imputed righteousness. When he died, was buried, and rose again, I'm righteous because he's righteous. Like, I, 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 I wish I had a witness up in here. I must decrease so that he may increase. The greatest man outside of Jesus in the Bible was John the Baptist. Eating locusts and wild honey, dressed like a wild man. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was calling it like it was. And folk don't like preachers to call it like it is. They want you to be political. They want you to, they, they want you to dress sin up. And, you know, if the Bible calls... Something perversion. You gotta call it perversion. You can't take sin and soften it because you don't want to affect people. I'm preaching for a higher power. Do I have a witness? Y'all get quiet up in here all you want. Timothy, preach the word. Preach it in season. That's when they accept it. And preach it out of season. That's when they don't accept it. Preach that word. Preach it when they like it. Preach it when they don't like it. Preach them heaven and then preach the hell out of them. Preach the word. My God. Hmm. got to decrease. So John the Baptist says, Jesus comes in the Jordan River to be baptized, and John says, wait a minute. Because first of all, Jesus was his cousin. He said, wait a minute. I have need to be baptized by you. Jesus said, John, just go on and be obedient. 
Do it, John. Do it, John. <gasps> and after he baptized Jesus, this was John's testimony. Now I must decrease because the Messiah is here. And let him increase. Some, some of us in church, we want to keep increasing. Instead of decrease. I, I dare you to get low. Get low in your marriage. Get low in ministry. Get low before the Lord. I dare you to, amen. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on down and get low. I, I, I dare you to get low. And, and, and it goes on to say, listen, 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 that once we lose everything for Christ, we will be liberated by Christ that I may know him. Verse 10, know him how? Intimately. Gnosko is the Greek word, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Hmm. Too many people got a false estimate of themselves. You know, we, listen, first of all, we three-fourths of water. If it got hot enough, we evaporate. You are not, and I am not as strong as we believe we are. Can I get away? Yeah, and that's why you got to be careful judging others. Don't be judging others because if God allowed the right circumstances, if God allowed the right temptation at the right time, come on now, you, you were defect from the faith. Do I have a witness? In a heartbeat. Peter says we are kept by the power of God. It's not you. It's not your history. It's not your goodness. It's not your power. It's not your It is him. He's the one that keeps me from going back in the world. He, he's the one that keeps my feet on a solid ground. He, he's the one that keeps fear in my heart for an all-wise all God. It's him. Don't you ever believe it's you? It's him. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? It's him. Paul, in, in fact, Paul, Paul, Paul was so emphatic. Paul said, when I would do wrong, when, when I do, would do right, evil's with me. Paul said, with my mind, I serve the law of God. In my flesh, the law of sin. I'm just messed up. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who delivers us every day from the body of this death? See, your body is death. Your, your old nature, your damn nature is death. Your, it's defective. It's messed up. Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Hmm. The church in Revelation 3, don't turn as Sardis had a <laughs> false estimate of their spiritual condition. And in Revelation 3, they had a name that they were alive, but Jesus said they was dead. Mm. The rich young ruler who Jesus approached, he said, I've kept all the rules and laws of Moses all my life. Jesus smiled at him and said, he was a rich young ruler. He said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible says the man went away sorrowful. There was something he couldn't separate from. This matter of denunciation is prevalent when God wants to prove his power in sufficiency. Self has got to go so his sufficiency can come in. Yeah. See, see, that was the whole thing in Paul's, in, the, in Paul's temptation with the thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 12. Paul prayed that God would move it three times, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient. And then Paul, Paul went on to say, when I'm weak, then I'm really strong. Are y'all getting this picture? In, o in other words, 
God will let pain stick around. Won't he let pain stick around? In fact, God has already placed pain in your life. And you can pray all you want. He ain't moving it. Because the pain keeps you humble. The pain keeps you on your knees. The pain will make you praise him. The pain will make you pray. The pain will make you praise. The pain, the pain, the pain. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need the pain. What is, what, is, what is the pain? Well, the pain is God's sufficiency will kick in when the pain starts hurting. Ah, oh, God have mercy. Every time I feel like giving up my pain, every time I feel like turning around, every time I feel like, amen, throwing in the, the towel, my pain, my pain, my pain, my pain is crying, and Jesus just comes alongside of me and say, look, take my yoke. Get, get in this thing with me. I'm going to walk this thing with you. You on one side, I'm on the other side. Like two oxen. Can I get a witness? And when the weight gets heavy, shift the weight. I got your back. It's his sufficiency. That's why every time somebody compliments me, I say, Jesus. That, that ain't no cliche. I say, Jesus. I say, Jesus. Jesus. People say, well, uh, pa pastor over 20 years. Jesus. I don't even let him finish. You, you, you don't understand. Because there's a scripture in Hebrews 6.10 that I love. It says, for God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love that you have shown towards his name in that you do minister to the saints. Y'all ain't getting this. That's my promise. God said, Raymond, go on. I ain't forgetting nothing. I know how many times, how many years you, you, you kept moving when you was in pain. You kept moving when you wanted to give up. You kept moving when you were criticized. You kept moving when folk was talking about you. You, you just kept it moving. You kept, you kept developing. You kept discipling. You kept feeding. You kept directing. God says, I'm not going to forget your labor love. Jesus, Jesus, he, he talks about this need for self-denunciation. Hmm. The first thing we have to walk away with today is God telling me to let the air out of this defective balloon and get low. Maybe that's our problem. We're so high-minded. We know everything. We want to give people the impression that I'm it. I got all answers. No. Self-denunciation is putting yourself down that you can see the sufficiency of God. Look at the second thing in the text. He, he says, we not only need self-denunciation, but we need a spiritual devotion. Now, let me, let me, let me talk about this matter of devotion contextually because right, right there in 13a, he says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That means I have not arrived. But this one thing. Now, 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 stop. Look up, look up. Look up. One thing. That's all we're dealing with. One thing. We're not dealing with two things. We're dealing with one thing. Uh, what, is, what is this one thing? Amen. That I, I need to start having meaningful devotions where I can transfer my problems into his presence. 
I need to practice his presence. I don't need to walk out church on a Sunday remembering one thing pastor said to last me the whole week. Every morning I need to wake up with a different oxygen of his presence. He walks with me. He talks with me. He lives with me. He, he's before me. He's, he's behind me. One thing. This phrase, one thing, is all through the Bible. He told a rich young ruler, one thing you lack. He told Martha, one thing is needful, Martha. Your, your sister Mary is resting at my feet, you in the kitchen cooking greens and chicken. And you are frustrated because she has chosen the better part. Now, now please, don't get upset because blessed are those that cook the chicken and the greens. But we talk about spiritual. Talk about spiritual. In other words, if I start casting members out here, Delilah gonna be the last. Blessed are those that cook in the kitchen. For they <laughs> look, look at this. That was a joke. That was a joke, joke, joke. One thing. The blind man in John chapter 9, Jesus walked up on him. He was blind from his birth, and Jesus, uh, amen, uh, 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 made some clay, put it in his eyes, and told him to go wash. And the man came away seeing, and them Pharisees come along and said, who did this? Because if he did it, he's nothing but a sinner. And the blind man said, well, uh, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But this one thing, I know that I was blind, but now I see. One thing. You can say what you want to say. One thing. You can talk about Jesus all you want. One thing. I know. I said I know who turned my life around. I, I know who planted my feet on a solid ground. One thing. Mama didn't do it. Papa didn't do it. Church didn't do it. Pastor didn't do it. Jesus. Jesus. One thing. One thing. The psalmist said in Psalm 37, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. One thing. Are y'all praying with me this morning? One thing. One thing is a major turning point. Can I get a witness? When you understand this one thing of your devotions, that if you're going to run this race, agon, agony, one thing you got to do is keep your eyes on Jesus. Can I get a witness? Uh, child of God, you, you cannot run without him. You cannot run looking from side to side. Can I get a witness? You, 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 you can only run when you're looking at the master. Uh, do I have a witness? And child of God, uh, see our problem is absorbed in his presence. If I know the Lord is with me, then I'm going to be all right. Can I get a witness? If I know the Lord is for me, then I'm going to be all right. Can I get a witness? I need to translate my problems into his presence. So when I leave church and get in my car, I can start my car knowing Jesus is sitting right beside me. And when I go home and, yeah, go into the kitchen, bathroom, or living room, I know the Savior's there waiting on me. When I go to work tomorrow, can I get a witness? He will meet me at the job because his presence. Somebody said he's everywhere. At the same time, he's there waiting for you to get there. Where you just left, he's still at them. Can I get a witness? Uh, when you have devotions, it's practicing the presence of the master. 
and maybe you don't practice his presence. Can I get a witness? I need to know that I know that I know that I know that he's able. Hey, let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, he's with me. He's working all things together for me. Can I get a witness? That's my devotion. Can I, I, can, can I get a witness? That he is who he said he was. One thing. Just, just, Lord have mercy. 13, one, one thing. One thing. One thing leads me to the third point. We see a need for sanctified direction. Now, he says one thing. The, this is the breakaway for my blessings. The one thing is what? Forgetting. Lord have mercy. I, 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 the unsaved person is controlled by their past. Can I get a witness? The saved person is running a race towards the future. Man, when I learned what I'm about to tell you, this thing revolutionized my theology. From the unsaved perspective, the three tenses or the three areas we have of time is past, present, and future. That sounds good. But God says that's not the way that I factor stuff. God says it's not your past, present, and future. The believer has been saved to just look to the future. Look, look to the future, understanding you're in the presence and forgetting the past. Do, do I have a witness? Well, well wait a minute. This, this needs some surgery, Dr. Bettner, because how do you forget the past? What Paul is saying in the Greek, he's not telling you to erase your mind of the past. You can't do that. He's not telling you to forget the past. You can't do that. What he's saying to you is, listen to this, forgetting those things that are behind, he says, now that you're saved in Jesus Christ, the past has no power over you. The, the connection to the past can't control you. I'm preaching up in this place. So whatever I did in my past is truly in my past because God has given me power to look towards the future. Can I get a witness? The problem in the church is that some of us are still shackled by the history, the hurts, and the hysteria of our past. We keep living in the past. Well, I'm no good. I, I did this in 1965, and I, I'm still hurting, amen, from Vietnam. I'm still hurting from 1970. I tried some drugs, and I got addicted to this, and I went to jail. We keep living in the past, and Satan just keeps shackling you. He keeps shackling you. He keeps shackling you. So when Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind he says, child of God, you need to know that there's no power from the past that can interfere with the future. That's great news for me. Whatever happened in my past is in my past. Whatever it was yesterday stays in yesterday. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. My God, I'm not influenced, nor am I affected by my past. Thank you, Jesus. And I did some dirt in my past, Doc. I did some mess in my past. I was in misery in my past. I was hurting in my past. I got some history you don't know about in my past. I got some hysterias of my past. But when I got saved, thank you, Jesus. He broke the power to my past. Can I get a witness? He told the past, take a hike. In the name of Jesus, he told my past, I'm giving you a new look. And can I get a witness? He, God is able. Uh, uh, uh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Look, look, at, look at the fourth thing. We're gonna get, and then we, we see a need for strategic determination. A, a, amen. A, a, a 3.14. I press. I press. That's work. Listen, that's work while waiting. Now, let me give you two theological extremes. And we clearly and we cleanly break the word of God in right portions in this church. There are two extremes. You, you, you've been taught that God's going to do it all. And that's a lie. The other extreme is you've been taught that you need to do it all. And that's a lie. God partners with us. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? God did it all at the cross for your sins, but your sanctification is going to cost you something. Can I get you? You got to participate with God to get clean. Do I have a witness? Y'all ain't praying with me. You got, to, you got to participate and partner with God to become spiritual. Can I get a witness? So when we have core every Wednesday night, you don't want to come out to Bible study, you are just telling God, I don't want to grow. Don't get quiet up in here. And then the tragedy is some of y'all won't come here, but you're eating at other tables that are poisoning you with wrong doctrine. Ain't no naming and claiming in no Bible. I tried that. It don't work. Can I get a witness? Y'all can get quiet all you want. See, 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 working while waiting, working while waiting, working while waiting. And I press is a strong verb in the Greek. I keep on moving. I keep on following. I keep on being fruitful. I keep on pursuing. I Come on now. I keep, I keep, I'm, I must do it. I keep on moving ahead towards future things. Not dysfunctional in defeat. I keep on moving. Now, now I gave this illustration of what faithfulness is. Let me, let me tell you what faithfulness is. Job did it. Abraham did it. Look, God's definition of faithfulness is this. Not that you call yourself faithful. Not that you show off a choir rehearsal. Not that you, uh, you know, participate in ministry. That ain't faithfulness. Faithfulness is when God, listen to this, tells you to do something and you got that. And then God lays in your path obstacles which you and I got to move and run through in order to be faithful to him. If you think faithfulness is you just taking a walk in the park, you out of your military mind. When you make up in your mind to be faithful, all hell going to break out. Can I get a witness? Ma marriage over here, kids over there, this over there. there. There's problems that get in your way, and those problems are providentially placed by God to see if you really believe him. God told me to do this, and yeah, I got problems standing in my way, but I'm in the name of Jesus. I'm going to push every problem out the way. I'm going to keep on moving, and when Satan tries to stop me, I'm going to keep on moving on, because I want to be faithful. You work while you're waiting. I press. Verse 14, where you going? Toward the mark. Now look what he says, for the prize. There's something waiting for you when you get there. There's a prize waiting. I'm not talking about glory. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about down here. There's something waiting for you. If you can just press your way through the problems of your life, press your way through Satan's attacks, press your way when your body's broken down, your health is messed up, your mind is confused. Okay, can I get away? Your money is funny. The children are acting out. The marriage is on the rock. Keep on pressing. Just keep on pressing. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you, child of God. I dare you to keep on pressing. 
I dare you to have a made-up mind. I'm going to go. I don't care what stands in the way. In the name of Jesus, I, I can do all things through Christ. I'm just going to keep on pressing. The way is never easy. Can I get a witness? Uh, 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 Paul said, bonds and afflictions await me. But none of these things move me. I'm not going to let nothing move me. I'm not going to let members who got diarrhea of the mouth move me. I'm not going to let outside preachers who want to judge me move me. I'm not even going to let my own family interfere with where I'm trying to go for Jesus. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to march through troops. I'm going to do, I can do all things through Christ that keeps on strengthening me. I'm pressing. You got to press. You got to press. You got to press. Lord, have mercy. You got to go through something. Can I get a witness? You got to go through some hell. You got to go through some hurts. You got to go through something. If you think that Satan going to let you arrive at a place of blessing without messing with you, you are out of your military mind. You've got to go on and you've got to hold on and you've got to know that you know that you know that you know that he's able. I'm pressing. Are you pressing? I'm, I'm pressing. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. Sometimes, sometimes while I'm pressing, a tear will come down my face. Some, sometimes while I'm pressing, can I get a win? I get discouraged. I get, I get, I get, I feel like giving up. I feel, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, Lord have mercy. I feel like throwing a towel in. I, sometimes when I'm, when I'm pressing, all hell's breaking out. Sometimes, sometimes the devil is on the inside. The, the devil's messing with my mind. The, the devil's messing with my strength. The devil is messing with my will. But I just keep on pressing. Keep on pressing. I dare you. No, I double dare you. Keep on pressing. Can I get a witness? Because God is so providentially sovereign. He's already put the, the blessing. He's already put the deliverance before the difficulty started. Do I have a witness? But you got to get to the deliverance with a made-up mind. Can I get a witness? You got to get to the place where God would have you to be. That's what Joseph did. His own brothers threw him in a ditch, sold him into Egypt. He was in Potiphar's house, accused by Potiphar's wife. Can I get a witness? He was in Egypt all that time, and then when there was a famine in all the parts of the world, the same brothers, say the same brothers, who meant him no good, had now, they had to come to him, not knowing who he was. In 28 years of pastoring, I've had officers and members that meant me no good. Try to tear me down. Lie about me. And I watched the Lord prepare a table. In the presence, in the presence of my enemies. And my cup of joy would run over. Can I get a witness? Joseph said to his brothers, no, 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 you meant it for evil. And there's somebody in your life, they're going to keep plotting evil against you. I, they, don't fight them, just, just have the fortitude. Can I get a witness? You meant it for evil, but God, I said God, I said God meant it for good. You mess around, lay a trap, you fall in it. Can I get a witness? Because my God holds the key to everything. My God determines the end of everything. My God's got power over everything. That's what I love about Jesus. The devil might work it in, 
but God will work it out. Won't he work that thing out? Won't he work it out? He's a workout God. Can I get a witness? And sometimes we wonder why he allowed Satan to work it in. He said, I let him work it in for my own glory. Because at the end, I'm going to show everybody that I'm truly sovereign. That I've got all power in my hands. Can I get a witness? Oh, hallelujah. I press. Folk running around here in church. Yeah, I'm going to talk about you. Getting all mad because you can't have your way in ministry. What kind of mess is that? What kind of mess is that? Ministry is unto the Lord. How are you going to sit up here and get touchy about what song to sing when you're supposed to be singing for Jesus? It ain't nothing but flesh on parade. That's all it is. Can I get a witness? Child of God, how are you going to get upset in ministry? Come on, Roy, when you are supposed to be doing this for Jesus. Can I get a witness? Ain't nobody looking at your backside. Ain't nobody looking at your clothes. Ain't nobody, well, well, we, we only did this for five minutes. If you do it for one minute, you ought to praise the name of Jesus. You ought not be up here complaining. You ought to praise the name of Jesus. You ought to thank the Lord that the Lord saw fit to let you get up for one minute to praise his holy and everlasting name. You ought to thank the Lord that he woke you up this morning, started you on your way. Can I get a witness? And if he never, if the church never calls my name, long as the name of Jesus is being called, that ought to bring glory. 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 This ain't Hollywood. Can I get a witness? This is church. Oh, Lord. Well, they don't, can't never ask me to do a solo. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, because you can't sing. Sing so, amen, sing so low that we can't hear it. That's it. Don't get upset because you ain't got the voice. I'm, I'm sick of this stuff. We give you the mic, you sound like a, a rat being killed. Oh, you on usher board, you more concerned about what people think of you than sitting God's people. You in the pulpit. You can't even say amen to truth. You want to show off your new suit and your new shirt. You want people to compliment you. You don't even want them to talk about Jesus. Do I have a witness? Can't even get to pass the glass of water because you checking out who looking at you. It's tight, but it's right. It ain't about you. Ain't about me. Because look, God don't need none of us. He can call angels who got perfect voices to sing his praises. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. He, he had a jackass preach in numbers. Can I get a witness? Didn't that jackass preach? He preached. God don't need us. You only think God needs you. Let me, let me close. Let me close. Let me close. We got some surgery up in here. Let me close. Thank you, Lord. Finally, we see a need for a sacrificial discipline. Verse 15, let us therefore, now notice the therefore is a connective back. Based on everything I just said, let us run this race. 
but we got to keep the rules. We can't become disqualified and finish in disgrace, displaced, disappointed. Can I get a witness? Because the Bible is filled with saved people. Yeah, who failed and ended their life in disgrace. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they didn't keep the rules. Well, who are you talking about? Well, Lot. Lot was a saved man and chose the plains of Sodom. Remember that? Genesis 19. He was living in the midst of perversion, of homosexuality. Yeah, I'll say it. In the name of Jesus. You, you can erase it out of your Bible. I ain't erasing it out of my Bible. In the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? We don't hate anybody, but we preach truth. Can I get a witness? I'm so sick and tired of these pastors and bishops and preachers. They, listen, they number chunks. All they do, all their doctrine is deliverance and, and prosperity. They ain't preaching you truth. The same God that is the God of help is also the God of holiness. Can I get a witness? They, they ain't preaching that. Here go Lot. The Bible says his soul was vexed. He was saved too. And the angels came into Sodom. And here's what Lot said to the angels. Come on in my house. I'd like to fix you a meal. Here's what the angels said to Lot. We don't want to eat with you. You're dirty. We came in because Jesus is talking to Abraham in chapter 18 of Genesis at the trees of Mamre. And our instructions is to get you out. Because anybody that's saved can't go to hell. So I got to get you out of this place. Lot died in disgrace. King Saul died in disgrace. He was saved and he was in more into sacrifices than he was obedience. And obedience is better than sacrifice. Are y'all praying with me? He died on the battlefield, but here's the thing. His son Jonathan, who was David's best friend, had to die at his side. Sometimes when our hands are dirty and we're living in disgrace, we take innocent loved ones with us. Somebody need to preach it. Somebody need to preach it. See, child of God, listen. Well, you know, I refuse to sin against God with a high hand. Why? Because my children are on the line. You ain't getting this. Eli never sinned. He was a priest. His sons got drunk and fornicated at the door of the temple. And because Eli would not correct them, God killed the sons and then Eli fell back and broke his neck. Am I right? You can't come up in here with a whole bunch of mess. Old preacher said there's nothing in the drugstore that kill you quicker than to mess with God. And God doesn't settle all his accounts in August. Sometimes God will let you go thinking you're getting away with something. Only to revisit you. I'm preaching up in this place. Now all of us get weak. I'm not talking about weakness. I'm talking about willful, wicked sin. Ananias and Sapphira, a saved married couple. Acts chapter 5, lied to the Holy Ghost, stole money. Peter was preaching. Ananias' wife, Sapphira, come in the door. What happened to my husband? Peter said, the same ones that, that, that carried your husband out, getting ready to carry you out. And the Bible says she fell dead. Isn't that something? We need a discipline. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.24, I beat my body to bring it under subjection that I may not sin against I'm running this agon, this agony, this race, and ain't nobody getting away with nothing. 
See, sin has already persuaded us. Well, I can live anywhere. Okay. You ain't getting away with nothing. You ain't getting away with nothing. Listen to this. We must denounce self for his sufficiency. That may be what God wants you to hear today. We must devote, have devotions, and give our problems over to Jesus, practicing his presence. That may be for you today. We must have a sanctified direction where we are breaking away ah, so that we can be blessed. Mm. One thing, just one thing. We must have a strategic determination or discipline, whatever you want to call it, amen, that, that, that we work and wait and know that they that wait on the Lord will have their strength renewed. See, if your marriage is messed up and you're talking about, well, I gave it to the Lord, that ain't good enough. You can give it to the Lord, now you got to go home and do something. Can I get a witness? Yeah, you can't pray and then beat your wife up. You can't pray and be out in the street uh, going to bed with somebody else. Talking about I'm waiting on the Lord. You ain't waiting on the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Get the pots out. Warm the pots up. Every, every time me and sister go into it, now we ain't got no kids home, but every time we go to a restaurant, I say, why, why don't some of these people go home and cook? And I'm, and I'm in line with them. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Don't complain about how your house smells. Go clean it. It used to be white cap. Can I get a witness? Roach is having a Super Bowl in your living room. Go on home, roll your sleeves up and clean. Then pray, Lord, I want you to sanctify the house. In the name of Jesus. And then there's got to be a sacrificial discipline. Play by the rules. Play by the rules. I played organized baseball all my life. And the one thing that we couldn't control was what the umpire would call. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that the Holy Spirit is the umpire. We, we can't. I sit up there and bat, and if I didn't agree with the call, I turn around, and you ain't going to show up, the umpire. You turn around, look at him, and that ball might be inside, might be outside. You're up there to hit. You're not up there to hit and make calls. Some church folk want to hit and make calls. Get to the plate and swing the bat for Jesus. And if, circumstance, if that ball is coming and it's a curve or a fork ball or a screw ball, if that ball is coming and you, you swing and miss, then you dig in for the second one. And you're going to miss some of these balls. Can I get a witness? You, you, you're not going to be up every day. You're not going to be favorable every day. You're not going to be full of strength every day. But child of God, I dare you to keep on pressing. You've got to keep on pressing. It's not over till it's over. Mm. Finding the unknown factor. Finding the unknown factor. When I did algebra in junior high school, when I did trigonometry in high school and calculus in 12th grade, some of those sessions were tough. We had to, we had to have formulas to find the unknown factor. And I'm rejoicing in God because I graduated in the 60s with a B in calculus. B plus. Teacher liked me. <laughs> Let's stay on our feet this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. You want to give Jesus your life. Just raise your hand. He wants to save you. Bus ministry, God bless you. Come on out.
Amen. If your hand is raised, if you want, Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again. He's God's only begotten son. We may not live to see tomorrow. Come on out and give your life to Christ. In the balcony downstairs, if you want to be saved, step on out in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Are you, are you, are you Spanish? Yeah. Is there another? Come on out. You guys and they're not saved, step out. And that's why we come to get you, man. Come on. Praise Jesus. Love you, man. You want to be saved, brother? Come on. Come on. You want to be saved? You're saved. You want to be saved, brother? All right. Thank you, man. You want to be saved? You're saved. Anybody else? Brothers? Anybody? Sisters? Anybody? Want to give your life to Christ? We'd love to have you. Is there anybody here that wants to give their life to Jesus? God bless you. Praise God. Uh, where, where, where's my Latino uh, usher? Where's my baby? Come, come on, darling. Where is she? She was on post. Where is she? All right, come on, darling. Come on up here, baby. Come on up here. Come up here. There you go. All right, baby. We need your help here. Uh, praise the Lord. Is there, is there anybody else that wants to give their life to Christ or join the church in your Christian experience? Raise your hand. This is the best church in the world. You need to belong to the best church in the world. Come on now. Is there another... Love to have you. Love to have you. At the end, all the discipleship people come down front. Praise God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I love you, God. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. There another balcony. Pray, pray for your pastor. I need deep prayer because uh, I'm struggling with my kids. They're 25, 23, and 20. They won't listen to me no more. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't boss them around no more. There I am. I got rejection issues. Just, just help me out. Help me out. They won't even turn my calls now. I don't fool with them no more. Praise God. Uh, praise God. If you're going through that, give me some therapy, okay? Praise the Lord. I love them. Anybody else? Thank you. Um... Come on down, Luther and um, Dan, whatever. Lead them to Christ. Them. Praise God. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. Now, do you speak Spanish? I'm looking for you. Okay. Oh, you speak English too? Okay. We don't need you. Oh, we got two more. Praise Jesus. There you go. There you go. Praise Jesus. Follow the preachers. Thank you. All right. Next Sunday's Mother's Day. You for singing, you for dancing. We praise God. Enjoy the weather. Father, bless the food that has been prepared for nourishment of minds and bodies next door. Bless our disciples.